the most entertaining UFC fighter on the planet. Hey, now there's a man from Ireland that's been making me wait for way too long. And I still got one dude on my mind. Conor McGregor, get your candy out. Back to the octagon. We got some unfinished business, boys. God bless. I'll see you at the top. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, I can get down with that. Adam Hill was uh, that Michael Chandler already better than Ronda Rousey in his initial stand-up? I mean, I think he he needs to use the microphone better. I didn't see it. I could hear him fine. It's just screaming into it. Um, I mean, he's better. That's on, wrestling. He's, yeah, he's better on the microphone than Ronda Rousey. That's a pretty low bar. It's a bar. It's it's a bar. You're right. I mean, <laughs> yes, the first time Ronda Rousey was on wrestling, they didn't let her talk, which was one of my favorite things ever. Uh, I watched it just to do a story. You know, you know, UFC fighter goes to WWE, and uh, they had her. She like wrestled and she won, and then like pointed at the WrestleMania sign and didn't say a word. And I was like, this can't be a good sign. She's a little nervous. But because I also saw her live in the studio audience doing SNL in Oh Boy. Not good, right? She's gotten a lot better, though. Not right, Damon? Isn't she gone? Yeah. Uh, uh, now that she's not in WWE anymore, she's just she doesn't have to talk. She's popped up on a couple of indie shows to wrestle, you know, so pop the crowd. But she's not in WWE anymore. I didn't even know she was gone. I, I didn't see anyone complaining up on social media, which is where I generally get because they're happy my, she's uh, gone. Yeah, I don't think my wrestling. Upset. I don't think my wrestling fix. that she's gone. Uh, Reno's in. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Circle Las Vegas. So you want to check out Mania Under the Sun at Stadium Swim? Uh, time uh, marks or blocks time marks of uh, March twentieth to the twenty fourth, twenty eighth to the thirtieth, and of course the sixth and the eighth. That is the uh, weekend of four. You can get ready to make a, a splash as they celebrate the madness of basketball. And uh, check it out at Stadium Swim. Heated pools. That's in the copy, my friend, Adam Hill. And cabanas, game time snacks, drinks, and an epic 143-foot screen to watch games simultaneously. There's simply no better place to be in March. You want to go to CircleLasVegas.com and reserve your spot to check out the watch parties for the end of the college basketball season. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. So while Michael Chandler was calling out Conor McGregor in UFC, uh, apparently was uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook working a corner at the UFC event, guys? I mean, he's been around <laughs> all week, too. Uh, he's just been hanging out with Dana everywhere. It's weird. And he was also in the corner for Alexander Volkanovsky ahead but of his uh, championship I don't fight. think he was working, though. He was looking for shoes to grab, maybe. He gave, he gave him a hug. He was in the Venom team jacket. He was a part of the corner. Are we saying that the reason Volkanovski lost is because his corner was terrible? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg didn't tell him. That, <laughs> Zuckerberg didn't have know, the good info? Watch duck, out for that combo, yeah. Duck, block. Was he screaming head movement like, uh, like Edmund, Ronda's old trainer, who had no other advice besides head movement, head movement, head movement. <laughs> head movement. Uh, she Look, can't I, do it. Stop saying it. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Zuck is going to be a full time corner man anytime soon. Maybe Izzy's next fight. He makes another appearance. Possible. Down with the Australians. Why, why wouldn't he support a fighter on every single card, like to the tune of five hundred thousand dollars for camp, and uh, say all I want out of it is to walk out with you? Yeah, uh, the American Good. fighters. I said this to my buddy on Saturday. The American fighters, they dropped the bag. 
Mark Zuckerberg is out here with Australia's biggest star. If you're a good US of A guy, you're out here trying to call everybody a cuck and how we're so weak. I would be trying to get the Mark Zuckerberg bag. Hey, buddy, come to my camp. In a heartbeat. Well, I mean, also, you could say that you know, Meta is a global brand. It's not a USA brand. But he's right there in your backyard. If you're some guy from Boston, hey, Harvard, you know, Masshole, all that good well, stuff. He's, he's, I'm just saying, I would be making the he, connection if I was a USA fighter more of a, to Mark Zuckerberg. He's more of a San Francisco guy than what a Boston guy. He's point. going to Australia to train when he lives here in the US of A. That's all I'm saying. Outrageous. Number three. Number three. So Anthony Rendon in uh, – I don't even know what the setup was for this. Was it just a one-on-one interview or a podcast? Oh, but, uh, beginning of spring training. Off-injured beginning of spring training. Okay. Off-injured Anthony Rendon said, uh, of baseball, it's never been a top priority for me. It's a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first uh, before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. He's a guy who's making, what, upwards of $25 million a year and really just hasn't – Played much recently. Are you offended by this, Damon? You love baseball. Well, hold on, real quick. Upwards of twenty-five million is technically accurate. I think he's at thirty-eight. <laughs> you know what, Steve? You, you you did a good job reading it there, but I just want to play the sound so people can really hear his tone when being asked these questions. Is it still a top priority for you? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> 7 in the morning or whatever time it is. So. Man. Okay. The, him saying it is a lot better than me reading it. It blows me away. And you're right. He is making a base of 38 mil a year. The attitude there uh, does not come across real well, Adam. It's it, Here's the issue. Like, what he's saying as you read it, like the quote is fine. I, I don't have that much of a problem with it. Like, yeah, your family and your faith, if that's important to you, should come before your job in this case. But the context of somebody who, as we just pointed out, and again, I'm not an I'm not an anti athlete, you make too much money guy, but it is one of the worst contracts ever in sports. He's done nothing. He, he hasn't played much, and when he has, he hasn't been anywhere close to the player that they expected they were getting, and that's fine. That's not his fault. That's their fault for signing him. But when he's missed so much time, is he missing time because he's hurt or because he just doesn't care? Like, he doesn't want to get back. It's not a priority. I'd rather spend time with my family than get better. And this is the same guy who, after the COVID year, said, we need to make every year 50 games. This is much better. But didn't want to, t- you know, take the prorated salary for the fifty games. <laughs> wants his full salary, but only wants to, you know, wants to cut the season down by one third, you know, by two thirds of the season out. Only play one third of it. Like that's the context wow. of who this is. That's saying it. It's not a great sign. Take out the COVID year. Uh, the next three years after the COVID year, he's played um, no more than fifty-eight games in a season. So he's, he's basically generating 50-game schedules on his own. <laughs> yeah, 140, he is. 148 games out of, uh, what, 486. Yeah. And, and he's saying, it's not the top priority in my life. And, yeah, I will go at him on the faith thing. Cut it out, okay? But, Stop. By the way, three. And, 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 your, and your family comes in. I, I don't know. I just, the whole thing strikes me weird. I don't want to get all mad about it because, I believe me, I could sit here and everyone who shakes their fist and they're like, back in my day, you know what, up yours with your day. 
because uh, I'll, I'll show you the story in Life Magazine when I was alive. Uh, in 1952, where Ty Cobb pisses and moans about 50s players not caring about the game like he did. Yeah. 1952, people were doing that about baseball players. Um, three years left on that deal, Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. And apparently he doesn't want to play on Sundays. <laughs> Wait, is that true? Or no, you're, I'm just saying his faith. Thing? His faith's more important. Yeah. He's like Chick-fil-A. Guys, Sundays, I got somewhere to be. Chick-fil-A Rendon. <laughs> oh, boy. Number two. Number two. All right, give me some good vibes here, Adam, about what you saw yesterday with VGK. They had someone make a debut, and uh, uh, they're trying to shore up the goalie position to get ready here for the final 20 or so games down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, from the goalie perspective, it looked like – you know, Aiden Hill had kind of, when he returned, had played well and kind of taken over that number one spot. They wanted at, at the beginning of the season to go, you know, 1A and 1B and just rotate the guys, and they were doing that early in the year. Logan Thompson got a little bit tired, started to struggle, so when Aiden Hill came back, it was all his. Uh, Logan Thompson yesterday played his first game since January 27th and was awesome. Got a shutout. Uh, obviously, it's the Sharks. They're not that good of a team, but he made some big saves. Some big stops, especially early when the Sharks were dominating the game. Long enough for the Knights to kind of take control. And uh, they win 4 nothing. It's the kind of game you want them to have, you want them, you expect them to have to try to get right. Now they've got guys starting to get healthy. And yesterday, a new face in Mason Morelli, who was not really a prospect, a guy who's bounced around the minors for a long time, has played, I think, almost 500 games in the minors, 28 years old. They give him a shot. And gets a goal and an assist. First ever VGK player to make his NHL debut with a goal and an assist in the same game. Third to get a goal in their NHL debut debut for the Golden Knights. Uh, so a pretty cool story. I don't think it's the kind of guy that's going to last. And, you know, all of a sudden he's just going to be some star player that jumps in and, and, you know, has some success. But they've had a history of having guys come up for, you know, 10, 15, 20 games and getting hot and, you know, never to be seen again. Um, I don't know if that's what his role is going to be, but... They liked what they saw, and, and what Bruce Cassidy said after the game was, you know, we did not see this from him in, in preseason. They, they acquired him this offseason, so this is not what we saw. We saw a guy that just worked hard, was kind of scrappy, and we gave him a chance because of that, and then yesterday they saw a talented player who actually was productive. So um, those are the kind of things you need every once in a while, and it looked like uh, the Knights got a boost from him. Coach, just lie, please. <laughs> He's like, the guy worked hard. We didn't see, like, that high-end kind of talent and ability, and – he showed it much better. The, basically, what he's saying is he went to the minors and worked hard, and and developed more than they thought he would. And um, you know, good for him. Again, twenty eight years old is not usually when you make an NHL de- debut. Usually, a guy that's been in the minors this long is probably never going to come up. And he got a shot, took advantage. Cool story. Number one. Number one. Uh, Reno hours brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give him a call anywhere in the state of Nevada at 766-1400. Dial 775 in the north, office in Reno and downtown Vegas, Las Vegas, and Henderson. All right, well, it's been a couple of days, Adam, with uh, President's Day as a uh, buffer to start this week. Uh, Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator for the Raiders, spoke. What struck you the most in his comments? Uh, one of the one of the things was about how, how he talked about how important it is to, for a quarterback to be able to move some. Um, he's like, not everybody can be Justin Fields. Not everybody is going to be able to, to make unbelievable, dynamic, big plays with their legs. But you have to at least be able to move some, which I took as a pretty clear shot at Aiden O'Connell. Okay. I mean, he, you know, he's 
he did what he did and he had some decent stats at times, but he's immobile. So are you saying that he is not a Luke Getze kind of guy? I don't I don't think so. Luke Getze seems like again, he, he said like he, he likes to run the ball, he wants to be, you know, the kind of coach that can establish a running game, which they've showed in Chicago that they could do. Um and obviously there's some creative pass designs that he has as well and wants to implement, but the fact that he was so specific and so clear that he wants a quarterback that can move, like why would you be saying that over and over again if your quarterback is a guy that can't do that? It doesn't make any sense. He also said without even knowing him or talking to him about anything yet, I can tell you right now uh, that O'Connell has to uh, – he's got to be someone that prepares his butt off and is just a great teammate. I mean, for the guys to rally around him the way that I saw from outside looking in, that speaks volumes. So that's positive. Uh, so how about yeah. that? I throw, I throw that right back in your face. He's going to be the quarterback. Well, I mean, I, I would say based on the comments that uh, Antonio Pierce has been making and a lot of other people are making, I don't think that's the case. Um, Antonio Pierce you know, basically today was saying it's a very high priority to find a quarterback. Did, <laughs> did someone come to your mind when Getsy was talking about the, quali- the qualities of a quarterback that you thought is a good connect? Uh, yeah, Justin Fields. The guy he named. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right, you know what? I, I want to talk more Justin Fields in a little bit because we're going to have Miles Simmons on, and I think we're seeing out there maybe this is, I don't know, could it be all from Fields' side? Uh, it seems like there's going to be a, a real race to get Justin Fields, and for people out there who thought he was worthless, he's going to fetch a pretty good price, and you wonder if the Raiders are willing to pay that price and if Getsy is actually a good connection to get Justin Fields to Vegas. I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's, it's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. I'll give Rick Bettino credit, man. He speaks honestly, but kind of crapping on his team there. (laughs) Not exactly cool. Adam Hill, Cofield, and Damon want to get to the big news in college football, and that is instead of what was going to be a 6-plus-6 format, for the college football playoff, they're going to go the five plus seven. The six that got lopped off is the Pac-2. Do we have any issue with the the change they made where the Pac-2 is not automatically getting in? I mean, I think it's only fair. I, I would have loved it. It would have been hilarious, but I think it's it's right. And it would they would have been done in two years anyway um, because there's not eight teams, so they wouldn't have a a voting right and they wouldn't have a right to to get that spot Um, and it sounds like what they were basically told is hey if you vote for this because it has to be unanimous so they actually did have a chance to block it um but they were essentially told uh it's actually better for you because you're gonna have to get at large births and if you have seven at large births it's better than six so you might want to do this come on whatever happened to a deal's a deal (laughs) <laughs> Whoever wins the Pac-12 is in. 
Your I'll conference went from 12 to 2, or whatever it was, 14 to 2. I'll also say, just going back, I don't want to derail uh, the Steve Kim thing, but to DeMond's point, I love the thought of sitting guys out because I'm always about sitting guys out and, and saving them. But as long as it's 12, that's not going to happen. Right. Because only conference champions can get a bye. And so, yeah, you, so, so when you were saying, yeah, when you were saying, hey, they'll get in automatically. Well, you know, like Georgia will get in. So why try in a conference championship game? It, you have to be a conference champion to be the top four seed. Hmm. And that gets you a bye week. So I don't I can't see Georgia going, you know, we'll play an extra week. Why not? It's a home game anyway. And that is the interesting thing. That first round of five through 12, the higher seed does get a home game. Yeah, and I think you'd rather have a buy than a home game. Although maybe for maybe for uh, budget purposes, maybe you did want a home game, so maybe you do sit and tank that game so you get in and then get money. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a lot of money. Not going to happen. Do you guys have any problem with the rest of the format? Not really. I mean, I want to see how it plays out, and I, you know, I expect fully for it to be very Big Ten and. SEC heavy, especially SEC. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. I'm glad that they're going to this. I've always wanted 16, and I said I wouldn't, you know, enjoy it or like it until it's 16. But I think it's the first step, at least. If this is only two or three years, that's fine. If this is the plan forever, it sucks. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll see how well, it plays out. When it says real, I'll quick, tell you right now, get them on. When it says top four conference champions. Is that just automatic Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC, and SEC? It's the four highest ranked no. conferences, oh. but it will be. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, there's a chance if if a conference beat up on each other, if you had a Big Twelve where the conference champion. I mean, Adam, the, the they're they're also this the conference champion is the champion of their championship game. So you could have no, but it's the top. It's the champion of the high of the four highest rated conferences. Right. So what I'm saying is, in the Big Twelve, you could have an eight and four team knock off a. You know, an eleven and one team, the team at nine and four after they win could be behind a group of five schools. Yeah, but the it's, it's the highest. I I'm pretty sure it's the highest rated conference. So if the SEC champion see that. would be up there, even even if they were nine and four, they'd be ahead of the higher ranked team because it's the it's not the highest ranked conference champions. I thought the way that it was written, it was it's the champion of the four highest ranked conferences. See, that's the gray area where we don't know. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so if you go undefeated in the Mountain West and the winner of the Big 12 has three losses, well, then the Mountain West gets that bye, right? Yeah, I, but don't, I, don't, think I don't think so. I, I don't think, think it's that's the four highest go. ranked conferences their champion goes. I think that's I think. the way it has to be. Who, well, who, what group of five conference would vote yes on that? But yes, we want a chance to be a top four seed if there is kind of an ordinary conference champion from one of the power four. Well, if the, if the alternative was no, you're not in. I would still vote no. Okay. Yeah, so let's break up college football right now. Let's see how the optics work on this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that's what they're trying to go to eventually. Actually, in what I would like to see, and, and the problem is Greg Sankey is running the whole thing, and so is the Big Ten. What I would like to see is moving forward with this format, we will only count nine games in conference. If you decide to go to ten games and shut out non-con games, we're not counting one of the ten. That's another thing Group of Five should fight for because you know they're going to try to do that where they all just cannibalize each other and then they're like, I mean, but we, we play in the best conference. So what if we're, you know, seven and five? We should be the 11 seed. Yeah. Like, yeah, you eliminated all the chances to cross over and play other conferences. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's going to happen. Nonsense. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to fight every step of the way, but I think the, 
the thing stopping them from fighting every step of the way is, well, do you want to be in or not? Yeah, this is a discussion that honestly needs I, – I still don't understand why there isn't a groundswell of states that really aren't in good a position with this new system step up and bond, and bond together and, and speak out against this. But I don't know. We're going to get to the A's weekend. I thought, I, I thought it was a really bad weekend for uh, Las Vegas and Clark County folks and uh, state-level officials, so we'll get to that. But I just I – don't, I don't see – I mean – what politicians get behind is Ron DeSantis and his flunkies in Florida trying to sue over Florida State, Florida State not getting into the Final Four. I mean, what a waste of friggin' time. This is the kind of stuff that, that keeps entire states out and Fs state budget when it comes to athletics. Step up and fight. Speak out. Be the squeaky wheel. It's just so dumb. Um, yeah. So, again, back to the, the, the Pac-2 I'll say right now, I think that in the current format, they have no shot to make one of those at-large positions because I actually think they went – I'm, I'm going to sound contradictory here, right, because I want schools to play aggressive schedules. I actually think the, the Pac-2, both of the schools, got too aggressive in putting together their schedule. Yeah. I mean, neither, one has, neither one has any shot coming up of going like 10-2. and two. Yeah, and I think they obviously were looking to try to, you know – really put together strong schedules because they wanted to make a push to to be in that championship mix. And I think you're right. They may have gone too far with it. But um, if they do play to that level, then they could find themselves in, which is which would be wild to see one of those teams who has been written off as your program is officially dead to make a championship without the conference help. Are we bearing another lead here? Did the Power Four conferences come up with this? especially the Big Ten and the SEC, and send a message to Notre Dame, conference champions, top four seeds. No matter what you do, you can't be a top four seed because you're not in a conference. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to trying to pressure them into it. And everybody, I think they're kind of telling you, don't try to, don't try to do anything silly. Try to get in one of these conferences because that's your, that's your only way in. And – yeah, I, I think that was obviously part of their mix. Now, I also don't think Notre Dame is a top four team, but um, the I think that they wanted to kind of put pressure on them to have to if they want to have any chance, they better do it and make up your mind between us two. Yes, because both both conferences, the big ones, would take them in a heartbeat. Come on, of course. And I was just gonna say, why do they play such an ACC heavy schedule then? Well, they have an affiliation. Yeah, I know, yeah, right. and obviously that's where the oh, other they're, they're in the ACC without are. sharing the money is what is essentially what it is. Yeah, they don't they're want to share their money in the conference, but they don't want to share the money. They get their own. So when you when it comes down to hey, they couldn't be a top four seed. Let's say if they only if they go undefeated. No, they're not winning the ACC though. That that's that's a tough pill to swallow. So it's it's essentially if you want to be in that mix, <laughs> join one of the conferences, share your money yep. with us. Here's an easy fix. Or you can be independent and you never ever shot it where you have a really difficult shot at making uh, or winning a national championship because we're always going to make you go through an extra layer of games. Is that NBC contract worth an extra game in the yeah, playoffs? it is. Okay, well, there you <laughs> go. Yes, it is. It, it, it probably is because they, realistically they are very much a long shot because of the schedule they play to win a national title. But, I mean, I, are, you, are you telling that to the kids? 
I mean, it kind of sucks for the recruits who go there. Yeah, I mean, are you also you're also not telling them exactly where you're located in just the, the absolute desolate middle of nowhere, awful area? I don't know. What does that even mean? You don't think they bring them in for visits? No, just the, it's like uh, when we talked about the uh, Southern Utah recruiting. It's the same thing. So most Notre Dame recruits, they bring them in, they fly them to the area, then they take a helicopter, they blindfold them, and then drop in. No, I think they just go to their house and like, look at these pictures and look how great our campus is. You're smart, right? Notre Dame's awesome. I don't think they. Have do you seen that. this golden dome? Look at this. Play huh? like a champion, huh? They show him Rudy. <laughs> so Adam, were you surprised over the weekend that Desiree Reed Francois, the former UNLV AD, went from Missouri to now Arizona for another fixer-upper because they're in budget hell? Shocked. Were you surprised by this? Shocked. No, you weren't. No, you Stunned. Weren't. <laughs> Actually, our uh, our friends in Kansas City had me on on Monday. Uh, to talk about when they had me on to talk about her hiring. And I said, right. don't get too used to her. She's gone the first chance she gets. I'd be shocked if she's here in four years. So did who who, uh, who had you on? Uh, Petra. Did anyone respond with, she got pushed out of Missouri? It's not exactly that situation. Uh, no, I mean, that, that it was both. I mean, I, I think that was part of it from the beginning. It was either she's going to leave or they're going to want her out, one or the other. So you think she was in trouble and this was a preemptive move to make sure – it didn't get too ugly. She retained her reputation, and it made it look like she was leaving on her terms. I think there's probably a little bit of both. Sure. Well, we'll dig into it more. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sure the uh, the chatter around UNLV offices was kind of interesting on <laughs> that one, and uh, that there was a, uh, I guess a, uh, an issue of maybe some toxicity or culture issue that was developing. They were looking into at Missouri. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, having some trouble getting Steve as uh, having a little trouble with his connection back in Colorado. So just me and Adam Hill until we get to Sammy P., here on the show. Now, Adam, did you have a problem with what Kenny Smith said about Sabrina Ionescu during the Steph Curry-Sabrina showdown? Um, Not really. I mean, I, I get what he's saying. He, he actually wanted her to have the advantages of how she shoots in the games and, you know, saying there's a reason that the, the format is different, that the, the lines are different. There's a reason that the women play from different tees. Like, I absolutely get what he's saying. Now, you said it. Yeah, it was the exact thing yeah. you argued with me uh, about uh, any any sort of change. The men get to shoot the ladies' ball. The line is different. That's what he basically said, and people yeah. got all mad at him. Yeah, I and I said it was the other way too. If if Steph got to shoot the women's ball, I didn't think it was it was fair to him because it's too small, and you're you're you know you have to completely change your your style, your form because you have to shoot a smaller ball. It's 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 so much lighter. It's more difficult. Now it's more likely to go in because. Uh, you know, it's so much smaller, but you do have to completely change your form. It's it's much different. As somebody so who was, people, somebody who's in a very somebody who's in a very heated competition this past weekend, Steve, uh, yes. and some of the balls are flat and some were some were not, and it, it's tough. You got to adjust every single shot. Right. You guys told the old guy triathlon from years back with uh, ESPN Las Vegas and tried to do something similar. 
Sure, over at John's, a, John's place, Vison. Well, no, is that? I mean, it was just a bunch of people that were hanging out at a bar in downtown right. Summerlin. It was and like, decided to walk. It over. It was like six of you. Yeah, decided to just walk over and, and, and do it. And no, uh, no listeners involved. No. What if? How about the? Because I saw what Kenny Smith said. You tell me if this is more. I'm going to give you an idea for NBA All Star Game weekend, right? I, I, you guys were saying you don't like the players to be too good in the Celebrity All Star Game. So instead of having, say, Micah Parsons and Puka Nakua, they were the NFL reps, right? Instead of having them play in the Celebrity All-Star game, Adam, because they're too good, why not pick two WNBA players and they play two-on-two? Two? I mean, I don't, I don't really love that either because I know the other one of the other why? ones proposed was a one-on-one tournament. Uh, just no, no, among no. We the don't All-Stars. need one-on-one, but a battle of the sexes with non-basketball players, and we could rotate it every year. You know, next year, we just saw NFL. So if you want to do NFL one year, Major League Baseball another, hockey, which I think would be funny if we could find two hockey players who can play basketball. There must be a couple, right? And use those three sports and have – now the only problem is NHL is going on at the same time. But why not have two-on-two in a major competition? And we also make sure that it's size appropriate. You know, maybe we limit the guy side to six foot and under. Oh, I thought I thought you meant mixing the women into the to the all stars and having two no. on two. Have a separate two on we don't two need you could to, do a tournament we don't need or to, a game. We don't need to fix the celebrity game. The celebrity game is their best thing. So we're taking away their best thing? No, and, I think I think what we saw in the game is Puka Nakua is dunking the ball over the place. WNBA players are out there like, we can't do that. Sure. So let, let's play a real game of basketball because we hear all the time about how fundamentally sound they are. Let's do that. Well, I mean, then what? I don't ball, think anyone wins from we, that. Yeah, what ball are we playing with? Like, it doesn't. Like, there's a lot of logistics, but yeah, nobody, and nobody wins. I mean, Puka Nakua against Michael Parsons is not fair. Now, if you're going to say I mean, Puka Nakua and Michael Parsons against two WNBA players, that's not fair. That's um, what I was saying. Why is right. that not fair? They're NFL players. It's not their craft. Come on. Did you see Miles Garrett you know last year? Mean, come on. You know why it's not fair? It's ridiculous. Yeah, Miles Garrett last year, like, could have played with the All Stars. He could have played with the NBA okay, All Stars. So. So we limit it to six foot and under in all sports. It can't be a six three two fifty guy like Micah Parsons, and it probably can't be Puka. Have six foot and under NFL players put two of them together and go against two WNBA I players of similar size. I mean, if it's WNBA against the celebrity guys, I guess maybe you can do that. Yes, they're they're already in the game. I, no, but I mean, I'm saying like I'm saying Kevin Hart and like you know. Dan Soder or some other comedian against like, <laughs> now that, but that now Very that's insulting. Comedian. No, that's but that's a more fair matchup. Like it's, it's no, no, it's, no. It, I'll get out of here. You know Dan this is on. ridiculous, and you're just trying to pretend like it's not. I'm not, I don't know it's, it's ridiculous. I am okay. really intrigued by Puka Nakua and Michael Parsons if they could be two WNBA players. Of course they can. I'll solve the mystery. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Did you see anyone complaining about the Sabrina Steph three-point shooting contest when it changed to her shooting from behind the three-point, the NBA three-point arc? Well, I would imagine if people bet, I didn't see a betting number somewhere. If there was one, I would imagine people got real mad. (laughs) Well, there was. There was minus 200 Steph Curry. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure people got real mad then. I'd be Can't pissed. Change the rules at the last minute. Yeah, I I, I handicapped it as her minus 175 because I thought she was shooting the women's ball and shooting from her line. Hmm. Yeah, that's. Well, that's, that's why right. these exotic bets sometimes, if they don't have, if they don't have everything laid out, 
then they can be screw jobs. Sam Paniotovich is with us, gambling expert here on a Tuesday from Nesson, from Fox Sports. Sam, what's going on, buddy? Is that a new intro? And did you take my name out of the intro? That was on me. <laughs> Adam confused me during the break. We were talking about some very you know, important subject matter, <laughs> yeah. and, and I just I clicked on the wrong thing. That's on me. I feel like I'm playing for keeps now, Steve. Like I have to prove myself on this hit to get my name uh, back in the intro. I mean, at this point, if we have a new intro for you, then feel lucky. <laughs> I can explain further, but it's not something for the air. So, What's the question? Uh, what are you going to ask me? I know you're baiting me with something. No, I'm not. No, we, we were just talking about when, when they do contests, like the three-point shooting contest with Steph and Sabrina, and then we find out that she's not shooting from her three-point line to me, that changes the odds. So she shot from the NBA three-point line with the ladies' ball, and obviously he shot with the regular ball and the NBA three-point line. To me, that changes the odds. It does change the odds for sure, but when you make a bet like that on a contest, as long as it is played on the same date, I mean, the house rules are, as long as event happens on day X, it doesn't really matter that the rules are changed for the – first time ever in a contest. I mean, this doesn't apply to an NBA game or a college football game or a baseball game because the sport doesn't change the rules between games. So, wow. yeah, when you get to an all-star contest like this, it's certainly in muddy waters, if you will. Yep. And I I agree with you. I think, you know, Sabrina Ionescu should have been, you know, maybe minus 120, minus 130 because when we first started discussing this on Nesson weeks ago, it was two things. Women's ball, women's line. And we saw Curry go from minus 280 to minus 200. And I don't even remember when it happened. I didn't watch All-Star Weekend because I don't care. I didn't bet it. But then you get to Saturday night and it's like, oh, LOL, JK, we're going to shoot <laughs> the regular way. And I'm thinking, oh, my, please, I didn't bet that. Because I thought about betting Sabrina plus 250 given the original parameters of the bet. But – from my understanding, these books don't have to change anything and they don't have wow. to refund your bets because the event didn't change day of the calendar. Like nothing changed logistically. We just changed the rules of the event, which to your point probably should avoid it all bets, right? Yep. Well, this goes back to Adam Hill went crazy a couple of years ago with the Bryce Harper thing, right, Adam? Where his uh, what is it? His dad was fast pitching, basically. Yeah. There's supposed to be a break, got him into a rhythm, and like that that was not legal. And then people fired back at Adam, like, "Oh, it's just fun. Who cares? My money cares." Yeah. That was when he was hitting balls before the previous yes. ball landed. Yeah, right. And that was the the express written rule was you have to wait until the ball lands to throw the next pitch, and literally the ball would be off the crack the crack of the bat, and then the next pitch would be in the air already. And he hit like seven in a row before <laughs> any pitch landed. Like, okay, good for him. I'm glad he won. But if you're going to take bets on this, we have to have some integrity to it. Well, that's the key word. And I was just about to go there because integrity doesn't seem to matter in these all-star games, at least to the leagues. And as I say that, that kind of sounds effed up, but it's sort of true. I remember I bet Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby. This would have been 2022. He went off in that derby, and then they get to the final round against Juan Soto. And long story short, if you hit two home runs of 450 feet or more, you got an extra 30 seconds. And Rodriguez hit two balls out of the stadium in the final round, but apparently the tracking device said he only hit one. 
So he didn't get the extra 30 seconds. Soto got the extra 30, and Soto killed me in the final. I thought, I thought wait a minute. If you hit two balls out of the stadium, that's 450 feet. He should get the extra 30. There's no investigation because the league doesn't care. It was a spectacle. It was great for baseball. I lost my bet a lot like Adam lost his bet on Harper, but they don't care. They don't care about integrity in these all-star weekends. By the way, I didn't even lose a bet. I just get mad at these things all the time. And it's it's what we talk about with, you know, some of these states have much looser regulations. Obviously, foreign markets have much looser regulations. And people get so mad in Nevada. Why can't we bet these things? There are reasons there are regulations in place. There are reasons these things are good for the better sometimes. And that, to me, is one of them. Like, I don't want these crazy things that are out there to be bet on. I love talking about and discussing them. But, like, we do have to have some regulation in the markets, and that is a good thing to me. If there's inside information, it won't happen in Nevada. Nevada Gaming won't approve it, so don't ask. And I think that's the way it should be. But as we discuss this, when we talk about a tentpole event like the Super Bowl, I must have done 15 radio hits the week of the Super Bowl. And 12 of the 15 asked about how many times will they show Taylor Swift (laughs) on TV or what color lipstick will she wear? And again, these are talk radio shows, mostly news and pop, not like diehard sports and definitely not sports betting. And what I had to explain was the director or the producers can directly impact how many times they show her on TV. Well, why does that matter? It's literally everything. (laughs) What do you mean, why does that matter? (laughs) Because there are two or three people that could literally dictate how many times they show her on TV. And then one host said, well, that's no fun. And I said, well, it's a good thing you're not a bookmaker. Yeah. Because (laughs) there is no fun sometimes in that racket. Sam, don't forget, we had the the double pump on the uh, national anthem, too. I love the second brave. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm sure Reba knew what the number was. Yeah. I, I imagine Reba knew what the over under <laughs> was, and I, I'm not saying that Reba did anything dirty. And then you had the sports book debate. Well, this book says it's after the first brave, and this book says it's after the song is completely over, <laughs> and it really does come down to the certain rules at a specific house. I mean, they're like Circa, Superbook, South Point, Golden Nugget. You walk into those places. The rules are literally on the wall. And I think the problem that some people have when they bet across this country and they bet on whatever company or whatever app, they don't read the fine print. They just make the bet. Sam, I've got to ask you, in light of Des Bryant in the uh, 12-leg parlay, should that be my encouragement to keep going when I place my 10-leggers? Did you notice the sportsbook tweeted out six times how he won? (laughs) Of course. Here, here, my favorite. By, by the way, he 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 should get a bonus on top of that. Uh, they're using his name, uh, basically in an endorsement. Well, and he said, "I want to be hired by a sports book," and I said, "Oh, that'd be perfect for the sports book." Des Bryant has three point four million followers on X. Um, I don't have Instagram, but I'm going to guess he probably has around the same number on Instagram here. Des wow. Bryant, two point four million. Instagram followers. So if you just combine X and Instagram, that's, you know, almost 6 million people that saw him win that parlay. And my favorite, my favorite media piece from the whole thing is when they count the money out in front of him and push it towards him. 
And everybody goes, well, if Des Bryant can do it, I can do it. Long way of answering that question, Damon. No, it should not fuel you. Yep. I know that I can't do it. That was the perfect thing for, for the sports book. That was the yep. perfect result. Random NFL receiver wins. X, this could be you. I would advise him or any other athlete who has that many followers, when you win a bet, call up the book and go, I will retweet this on every account I have. Now I want an extra 100000 He'd probably get more if he really pushed yeah. the envelope. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm going to stay. I'm actually in Colorado because uh, UNLV's at Air Force tomorrow. Uh, so I can bet ESPN bet. Do I bet on the UConn-Creighton game or do I take the L. Duncan special, uh, which is Little Messi and Luis Suarez to combine for over one and a half goals? What do I go with, guys? That's rhetorical, correct, that question? <laughs> well, yes, because I don't know anything about soccer. If L. Duncan was on a college basketball game tonight, I'd probably go with the L. Duncan special. But I'm going to bet UConn and Creighton. What do I do? I took Creighton money line plus 130 and bet some plus three. I hate it, but I had to do it. This line stinks. I could smell it from the strip. The number one team in the country that's been <laughs> – blasting everybody like i'm at work today arguing with my co-host he's like they've been killing everybody i'm like they just played DePaul. <laughs> yeah, the paul by the way the big, the big east big east sucks below the top three or four teams it's don't no don't put put hands up Damon. it is it is a mid-major conference it's not there's no power six it stinks beyond the top three teams they pounded marquette they they beat the snot out of marquette at home but marquette fell down 10 and marquette gave up they have been beating a lot of overrated teams. And, yeah, it was nice to beat Georgetown by 25. It was nice to beat DePaul by 36. Creighton is an upper-class team. They start four seniors. They have upper-class guards. They shoot well from three, 77% at the line. And, oh, by the way, they have one loss at home this year. They did, and, lo they did lose to UNLV on a neutral. Yeah, well, that's a neutral. That's, that's, it actually is clarified as a semi-away game, whatever that means. Yes. Uh, at the Dollar Loan Center. Where's the Dollar Loan Center? Oh, Henderson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that where the Knights practice? No, that's where the Silver Knights play. What are the – never mind. That's the Too AHL affiliate. <laughs> the AHL affiliate yeah. of the Golden Knights. Sports will never work in Vegas, I tell you. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> yeah. have, we have so many teams. Um, I would bet Creighton. I think, uh, I think okay. they take down UConn, and that will not be popular, but I'm going to step in front of number one. Adam, you tried to bet Daytona 500 yesterday. I did. Uh, what happened? And I wonder if Sam got any feedback on people having trouble betting it. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't trouble betting it. It's just me being stupid. This is not an, a complaint about anything. It's just uh, why I, you know, oftentimes what the apps will do, and I'm sure many people will relate to this, is that you're just sitting at home. I was watching the Knights game. Daytona 500 was on the other TV, and I was like, all right, let me just throw some bets on this because it's on. And I was live betting, and I was like, all right, there's four cars that are clearly the fastest cars. And I just waited till they had the best numbers on those four cars, and I was like, here we go. I have the four best cars. Let's go. And, and then with, they all wiped out on the big turn, right? eight laps left, all four of them wiped out on the same crash. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so this is great. Stupid. I did such a good job so of like stupid. getting in a good position where I was going to win on no matter which car won, and then they all just crashed out. And then they just ended the race a lap early. I don't know how they do that. I, I still don't understand NASCAR, how those rules work, where there's two laps to go, and then there's a massive wreck, and then the cars that were in first and second 
they all sort of start early, but is it early enough? And is the gap between two and three long enough? I, I, I don't know how they do that. Apparently it's all above board. I, I just, I can't bet NASCAR. I, I bet matchups when people tell me to bet matchups, driver A against driver B. I don't think I've ever hit a NASCAR outright. Not that I've bet a lot of them, but that sport is <laughs> talk about throwing darts blindfolded. Good Lord. Sammy, good spot, buddy. We appreciate it. And we'll get your, uh, your rejoiner fixed or uh, redone. I, I kind of like the new one actually. Uh, by the way, the Celtics are winning the title. It's already been decided out here in Boston. Everybody well, says it's, it's a lock. So, well, pressure just on. so you know, put hopefully, that in your feather. Hopefully they don't crash out with eight laps to go. They're soft. They're soft. Thanks, Sam. We appreciate it. All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way. We're going to give you a, uh, a chance, some information on how to win $2,024. So stick around. We'll tell you in about two minutes how that's going down.